Welcome to episode 184 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I was super pumped to welcome Sarah Shannon and Danny Adamson from The Not It's to have a conversation about their brand new record, Ready or Not, in addition to a variety of other things. And uh, talking to The Not It's was uh, one of those full circle things because I didn't know about The Not It's um, until I had a three-year-old son and uh, we needed a song, Stat, about the bath. And then we needed a song, Stat, about helicopters and... You know, handy dandy Spotify search led me to the Nodits, and it was a uh, it was a welcome a welcome addition to our family's music catalog because it rocks it rocks a little bit hard and it rocks a little bit great and I was um, really excited to talk to Danny and Sarah about the Nodits and about what they do and about how they do it and about why they do it and we talked a lot about the new record Ready or Not and that song you just heard is called. The Battle of Curriculum Night. And any parent who's gone to, uh, you know, back to school night or meet the teacher night knows that these are not always the most uh, comfortable situations. You know, it's, what do you expect, right? You go in there and the teacher's, you know, maybe a little nervous and weirded out to be standing in front of parents instead of kids. But, you know, everyone puts on a brave and pleasant face. And I think that uh, the not it's captured uh, some pieces of that in a great way. So if you want to reach me, by the way, that's a, a, a very jarring and poor segue. But if you do want to reach me, you can email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, it, it makes my day. I've gotten a couple nice emails in the last few weeks, and it really uh, feels good to know that people are listening and, and enjoying the show. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you stick around all the way to the end, you can hear the full song, The Battle of Curriculum Night by The Not It's. And uh, here's Danny and Sarah telling me all about the Nodits because you should hear from them a lot more than you should be hearing from me. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. Good stuff. It is the best to welcome some members of the really awesome group, the Not It's, to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm joined by Sarah Shannon and Daddy, Danny Adamson. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Excellent. You almost called him daddy, which is I what we did. call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. All right, I'm going to have to edit that out. But I'm going to leave it because, you know, what? this is nothing if not real. This is totally real. So yeah. um, <laughs> so it, it's so great to talk to you. I mean, before we get started, uh, I just want to share that I've been uh, – we in my house have been listening to the Nodits for many, many, many years. And when um, – when I when we first had kids, I had like I think I had like a three year old son at that point. So that's about six years ago. At this point, um, I was just looking, right it right in the pocket. Yep, right, exactly, and just l- looking for stuff, right? And uh, 
good music, you know, found Lori Burke. And I was like, how do we not know about this? Found, you know, some of your, some of your colleagues on the West coast, like Casper baby pants. Like, how did I not know about this? And then, you know, we were looking for like a specific song, you know, we were in the car and my son, I was like, well, what do you want to listen to? And he said, I want, I want a helicopter song. So <laughs> lo and behold, there you were with the helicopter song. So wow. that song and the song, I believe it's called <laughs> bath from that very first wow. record of yours have been old school, old school <laughs> mega high rotation in my house. So I want to thank you for, uh, for, you know, being a part of my family for the last six years, whether you knew it or not. <laughs> no, thank you for letting us into your family. So you just did a search for helicopter songs. Yeah, you have one and Casper baby pants has one. And wow, that's so cool. Yeah, totally. It's uh, it was it was right in the three year old boy wheelhouse. It made us very happy. Yes. Um, so so let's uh, l- let's turn this a little bit <laughs> and uh, it would be great to hear a little bit about, uh, you know, if you two would share a little bit about your musical backgrounds and where you're coming from and how we got to be the Nodits. Sure yes. thing. Uh, I, I usually tell this story, Danny. Why don't you tell it this well, time? Well, you should go first because you have way more street cred as far as do I, I? As far as old bands go, so <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's the impetus of why this band started. That's true. Okay, so my background is I started off uh, in the '90s, way back when, in a band called Velocity Girl. Um, that was right after college and we put out three records on sub pop and toured. Like I literally, I literally saw Sarah on MTV before I knew her. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I know velocity girl. I mean, this is all just a setup to get you to talk about it. To oh, talk about it. Right on. <laughs> I can't presume people know what velocity girl is, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> well, like, you know, so like as you were in my kid's wheelhouse, uh, Velocity Girls slash Sub Pop was directly in my wheelhouse when I was, right. you know, coming into my musical fandom. So, Word. like, you know, Word. so it, it all, you know, you're just, you've just been a part of my life for years and years and years, whether you knew it or not. But anyway, so go ahead. Yeah. Well, that, um, that sort of dovetails nicely into the impetus for starting this band. Um, so I was in Velocity Girl and then I did, um, a couple solo things and, uh, I shouldn't just call them things. I put out two well-received mm-hmm. uh, uh, solo records. I shouldn't belittle myself. Under the name Sarah Shannon. Under the name Sarah Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I uh, started having kids and, you know, everything just sort of fell by the wayside. And um, I was missing making music. And um, so uh, Danny and I were friends before we were bandmates. Uh, we had been the connective tissue, if you will, mm-hmm. is uh, my husband, Pat, um, who was in a band in the 90s that toured with Danny's band. Both completely small and insignificant and names you would never even know. So we won't mention them. I was going to mention them. Oh, I want to I want to mention. I want to <laughs> Wor- know. OK, so Pat's band was Whirly Bird, right? Whirly Bird. Like okay. as in Whirl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go yes. ahead. And- oh, and my awesome band was called Waffle Stomper. <laughs> That is the brilliant name. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, I'm sure you're wondering why both of those bands aren't totally famous, you know, <laughs> yeah. and didn't make it. Yeah. You know, I, uh, uh, Pat, my husband still has uh, handwritten letters from Danny. Like they stayed in touch. Oh, wow. That's great. Via, this is, we're talking pre email. Pre email. Yeah. They stayed yeah. in touch. He's like literally he has a, a letter from Danny <laughs> written out uh, on a legal pad or something. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so we're all friends, um, all musicians, and um, we were talking about wanting to hear something different for our kids. We're wanting to hear music that was music that we liked, mm-hmm. uh, but with just kid-friendly lyrics. Because let's be honest, I'm going to interject. Let's yes. be honest, my friend, with the world of kids' music, it is pretty folky and I don't know, softer sounding overall, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of strumming happening. A lot of gentle right. strumming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to rock it out a little bit. Uh-huh. We felt it was kind of the, one of the missing links overall. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like we would, you know, I one of my go-to stories is I would, um, when my kids were really just toddlers, I would play, um, I was really into this uh, quasi record. And there's this one song that they loved and, you know, I think it was, I think it had some pretty adult <laughs> um, <laughs> subject matter, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but they didn't really get that. And they're like, this is the dinosaur stomping part. And this is the part with the sneaky monster. So they didn't, it's like, if you let them sort of imprint their own imagination on things, you don't have to spoon feed them slow, soft mush, like, right. you know. Not that everything out there is slow, soft mush, but um, no, you know, no, give them yeah, a chance to, I get what you're to enjoy rock music. Yeah, I um, just as, as a side note, I had my first uh, interview with a, like a kids metal band the other day, yes. and yes. that was uh, now that's the way to go. That was pretty. It was pretty funny and pretty amazing. So okay, so let me. So, so Dan, I'm going to write down my question, and we're going to come back to this idea of like rocking out for kids. Um, I'll ask the question, then we'll come back to it. But like, so if you would, you know, and this is a big question, I realize, but like of the Not It's catalog, what are like the two most like rockingest songs? So think about that. And in the meantime, (laughs) in the meantime, Danny, tell me a little bit about your backstory and where you're coming from. Oh, goodness sakes. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just played in, you know, lots of punk bands over the years, as did kind of some of the other members of our band. and yeah, when you have kids, I mean, you, you're definitely not trying to go, you know, tour punk with punk bands for a month at a time. You're, you're stuck at home. You're, you're not able to leave. And, uh, the idea of playing in a band with friends is cool, you know, but you're definitely playing the local bar on a Tuesday night at 11 PM, which I don't think any of us were super interested in. So, um, that's, that was kind of one of the not initial appeals of the Nodits cause we didn't really know what we were getting into, but that's definitely one of the bonuses as um time went on as we started realizing how you know at first we play in a band like this and there's a lot of burning shame you know you're telling your friends that you play this kind of music and do this kind of thing and we wear these weird pink ties and tutus uh that was hard to get over for like five minutes until it started becoming really awesome and then we're like hell yeah we do this crazy thing where we kind of dress like clowns but it (laughs) kicks butt you know yeah so um anyway so um yeah, that's kind of my background, just playing in a bunch of random bands and then meeting these fine people and learning how cool it is to play for children and families. Yeah. Did you did you have any either of you have any experience with kids music before like this sort of this meeting of the minds? Zero. I did not. I don't think anyone nope. did. I mean, uh, we have one member who's a teacher uh-huh. and that's kind of as, right. as I close mean, as we got. Yeah. I mean, we knew like at the time when we started this, that's, I think they might be giants had their first kids album out. And so, you know, like that was my, really my only knowledge of like, Oh, okay. So people are kind of doing this and 
even bands that were <clears throat> slightly before us that are now are, you know, they might be giants is on a different level, but like other bands that are kind of more of our contemporaries that were already doing it. Like I didn't know of them. had never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Sarah? Well, yeah, I was about to say, I should also mention uh, part of the uh, kernel of, you know, what got us started. Kernel's not the right word. Seed. Let's say mm -hmm. seed. Okay. Um, is uh, the label that put out my second solo record album. Um is Minty Fresh, and they have a, a sub-label called Mini Fresh, and they had put out Ralph's World okay, um, and done really well with uh, him. I've forgotten his real name. Ralph Covert. Ralph Covert. And so um, Anthony at Minty Fresh said, hey, why don't you think about putting out a kid's record? And I was no, in no place to bring it all together, so mm -hmm. I started mentioning it to my friends um, Danny being the key bringer together. That's why they call me daddy. And that's why we call him daddy. Cause he's our, he's our de facto manager. And, um, yeah, I'm the heavy, he's the heavy, oh, got it. we got to practice. We got, we need to make a record in three months. Wow. Okay. You know, let's step it up. So, um, I kind of, uh, rely on that cause I don't have that gene, <laughs> the, the, um, you know, crack the whip gene. Every band needs one. Every band can only have one. If you have more yes. than one, it gets diluted no. and weird. And so that's me. I'm, I've taken it on. That's so funny. It's like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's true. It's true. Right. Like if, if it were left up to, you know, sort of the standard group of musicians, like no one's got the, it takes a special kind is what I'm trying to say. It takes a special person to be able to like see the bigger picture in terms of like, well, this is also like kind of our business. So like we have, you know, we right. do need to practice. We do need a schedule. And I think that like, you know, when I was in my band in college, it was like, oh yeah, let's just all take care of itself. Like magically people are just going to know right. about it. Right. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting uh, behind the scenes kind of insight to, uh, will, to, to put it out there. And it's also weird because even if there are three people that have that gene in them, it kind of can't be all three because then you're like, Oh, did you email that person? Or was I supposed to like, it gets, you know, too many cooks is, is a real thing as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so as the not it's by my count and tell me if I'm wrong, it looks like there is uh, seven records. Is that right? That's right. Okay, great. That was some quick math. So seven records. The first one, uh, well, I'm actually the most familiar with the second one. We are the Nodits, which is the one that has the helicopter song and the taking a bath song, which we sing nope. a lot. That's no, the first, first one. That's the first Th one. That's the first one. Okay, good. All right, great. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Okay. Everything is great. We figured it all out. Um, so where does the where does this where do the songs come from essentially? And I asked you like what were you know the two of the most rockingest ones? So maybe those are good examples of like, and then we'll talk about the new record. But so like where does the song where does the music come from? Where's the song come from? And how do you guys rock so hard? <laughs> uh, well, I'll let Danny take take a swipe at how he yeah. writes a song. Well, it's interesting because that's I think that's probably with us it's a lot different than maybe a, some of the bands that have like, or like duos or, you know, trios um, because we have so many of us to choose from that there's, that's just more angles for ideas to come from. And, and everyone does want their voice to be heard. So we all do contribute to the writing process um, and we all do it completely different. You know, I've got 
from my end, it is a very, very embarrassing list on my phone <laughs> of, of potential song ideas. <laughs> oh, man, I just want you to read all of them, starting oh with the, the most embarrassing to the least. Just get, but absolutely. Seriously. <laughs> no, what's more embarrassing are the little voice notes that you, oh <laughs> that you, give, that you record in, the, in Target, <laughs> whispering behind a pillar. Right. <laughs> I have a few of those. Right. Or in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Um, why is he making weird noises quietly in the bathroom? Um, so, so for me, it becomes a list of potential ideas that I can go to once I've reached the point where I've like, for me personally, it comes music first. Like I want to write something that just sounds and feels cool, mm-hmm. you know, that I could write in an indie rock band that I might be playing in if I were um, going down that road today, you know? So I, so kind of the, the music comes first and, and I personally also, I take it in another annoying step, which is probably annoying for the creative people in the band where I'm like, Oh, I kind of want this kind of a baseline thing going on. And this kind of a, I got this kind of idea for a drum beat. Like I, I will occasionally take it that direction, mm-hmm. but regardless, it's at least like, here's this cool sounding guitar part, you know, and here's maybe then I can come up with like a melody and then it's like, all right, what is it going to be about? And either something kind of pops into your head or you're like, let's look at the list and see if something inspires you. Mm-hmm. Got it. I would say that uh, my process is very different. Um, first of all, I, I'm not a, um, I don't play guitar very well. So I just, when I'm writing, I usually have a subject and I'll plunk out a few chords and um, come up with a melody, which I think I'm pretty good at that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll bring it to the band and I'll say, do something with this. <laughs> so I, I think there's room for both methods. Um, you know, I think actually the band is pretty grateful to have Danny say, you know, play it this way or, you know, I want it arranged this way. I think that, um, you know, uh, we appreciate both ways. Yeah. Having somebody come in with a pretty completed idea and having somebody come in with a little kernel of an idea. See, I brought around to that word kernel. There is a good space to use right? kernel. I knew we'd find it. Yeah. Because kernels are everywhere. I mean, yeah. I think, well, I think it's, um, so this may be like uh, uh, a deeper kind of concept, maybe, but I think that for the band itself, it's probably really healthy. You know, it's probably really healthy to have, you know, for Danny, for you to come in and have, you know, sort of a clear picture idea that, you know, the, that the band can can work around. You know, you have the, the the skeleton and the musculature like all set up and 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 the song is almost fully formed. And then you have the opposite side of it where where, you know, Sari, where you come with a melody and then you can sort of build around that. I mean, as a creative person, I love both of those sides. You know, I love the idea. I love the idea of being like, oh, my gosh, like we are in Danny's head and he like this is what he hears for the song. Like, that's a cool thing to be able to 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 replicate or recreate for someone but then on the other hand like i love to jam and like to to be able to do both of those things is is a real it's a musical gift i would say so that's that's very cool and it's helpful probably as well because uh you know so it's nice to have some of the songs kind of formed formed out like that because we're not Fleetwood Mac. We don't have like six months to sit in a studio and just be like, right. here's with various alcohol and drugs. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the nodits are not and, in and that lots scene. Of money. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. 
Um, so ha have have you had a chance to think about what the most rockinest not it songs would be for us to 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 listen to on our own time? I I think oh I have gosh. two or three in my you head. You go for it. I All think right, go the Danny. three I'm thinking of that that probably hesh out the most um, at this point. So I would say on the new album, it's probably the the Battle of Curriculum Night is a uh -huh. pretty rocking one. Um, Green Light Go is an old one of ours that we play a lot that really does kind of sound like a metal song. <laughs> <laughs> if you just kind of listen to the music. Um, uh -huh. And maybe Haircut. That's a pretty... Oh, yeah. That's a very rocking song. Yeah, yeah nice. Um, so this is a... Gr uh, Sarah, did you have one or one you wanted to add or you're, you're comfortable with that? that list oh oh and uh the song dentist don't fear the dentist don't fear the, don't dentist. Fear the dentist man i did kind of blow my voice out on that, that one really i couldn't sing very well for about a week after that <laughs> oh man um, yeah i thought i had something in my teeth danny was pointing to my <laughs> teeth to say that one <laughs> um uh, so so i guess before we get to the new record i realize i i do want to i want to know like as a a curious minds want to know kind of thing. Like what is a not it's show like? So, you know, we talked a little bit about the look, right? You guys have a sort of a uniform look and then, so like what happens? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, Lots. <laughs> so it's, it's very interesting. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. Sarah's probably going to be go mad for at it. me. I'm not mad at all. So, you already. know, um, you know how the world of kids music, every children's artist, at least Five years ago, they were until this has kind of been weeded out of everyone's vernacular. Everyone used to say, "We're kids, we're a kids band that parents will like too," right? Like everybody said that. Mm -hmm. And then um, publicists and uh, you know anyone who would blog would be like, "We're tired of hearing that. Please don't say that anymore." <laughs> um, so what I'm about to say is, we are like I'm sure every band says like we're a really interactive, fun live show for your kids, but literally like everywhere we play they're like we need to have you guys back and it's a super fun live experience and i think it is without ego that i'm able to say like we are definitely top of the kin kids music world as far as live show experiences go because we work really hard at this and um it's just it is so high energy like we are completely dripping with sweat when we're done <laughs> you know we're like jumping off our amps um <laughs> And we're getting, you know, like we have certain points in our set where like every parent and every kid, like we, we guilt, we have this one cool moment where we guilt, we don't guilt, we, we guilt. I don't know what song you're talking about. I'm Maybe sorry. Maybe we guilt. What are we, we guilt? Where we about? guilt the parents into getting up and dancing with their kids. Oh, yeah. You know? It's oh, healthy. Yeah. It's healthy guilt. Like, it's, yeah. like voting. It's it's like, it's a, it's a nice vote. challenge. It's a nice challenge. Yeah. Right. Literally what we say is that, um. You know, we understand you might be really comfortable where you're sitting and you don't want to participate in this formative moment in your child's life. Like, hey, that, that's totally cool. So, Oh, no guilt there at all. Yeah, I like to, I like to throw in a we won't pay for your therapy bills. Uh, just, sometimes it's a little spice on top. Yeah, that is spicy. In our, you know, and some people have kind of mentioned that we kind of hit that same sweet spot that like those Pixar movies hit where mm -hmm. there's like super entertaining for kids and then there's all this stuff kind of weaved in there that parents totally get and kind of think is is awesome in a different way mm -hmm. um, little easter eggs yeah that's that's happening all throughout the show too so um yeah hopefully that gives you a decent yeah, it does give, yeah it gives a good picture yeah i would say that we also um we sort of workshop our banter like once we've and we were thinking we're always thinking about it when we're writing a, the 
record. Um, but we, once a record is done, we start thinking about, you know, uh, how to engage the audience with each song. And then, you know, a lot of times we'll try something uh, at a live show and it'll fall flat on its face and it will be like, okay, that didn't work. So we're, we're super keen on um, working out things that are going to be really going to draw the audience in. I mean, I I would say the banter um, part of it and the participation part of it is a really important part. Like half the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of our live show. And we work, we work on it. And on that note, like sometimes like we've had many songs on our albums that have been like really great songs that we just don't end up playing live because there's not anything participatorily. Ooh, is that a weird? I, a I like it. A, that, that is weird. well done. That we can do with that song within our show, you know, or it's because we don't want to like a show of just us like playing these really good songs, you know, and like bobbing our heads like that's cool and all, but like not that cool, not where people are going to want to keep coming and seeing you, you know? Yeah. So. I love head bob. I mean, the, you know, I I totally I, I like head bobbing though. Like if we're focused on the music, we are in right. it and rocking out. Um, so let's let's turn our attention uh, in a very formal, but also not formal at all way to the brand new record, Ready or Not. Which uh, when did when did this record come out? When was it released? That's a great question. I believe it was September twenty first. Okay. I all right. Great. So we're not too too far removed from no. um, the release date. And one of the, I mean, so it's awesome. And there's two songs that I want that that I locked in on you know, that I just thought were um, that I thought were awesome. Uh, and maybe we'll go. In, you know, one of them we've already sort of mentioned a, a couple of times: the Battle of Curriculum Night, and the other is a lie is a lie. So I guess maybe let's start with uh, a lie is a lie. So. I mean, it's it's a it's an important lesson, and I just am curious a little bit about the background of that song, where it comes from, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to use the word again, the kernel. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that song. Uh, so our guitar player Tom, lead guitar, as it were, um, came up with that idea, and he came up with the basic chord structure and the basic lyrics. And I would say we, that was, that was a song that we fleshed out together as a band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, if, I can't speak to Tom's thinking lyrically why he wanted to write a lie song. I don't know. Yeah. We, I mean, it's, it is interesting in that, you know, we're definitely not the band that's like, here's our song about ABCs. Like right. we, you know, this, <clears throat> this album it was interesting as we were writing it, I joked to our publicist. I'm like, Oh man, we're going to have songs about divorce and death (laughs) and like all these super heavy topics. And, you know, and it ended up, you know, with songs about like a lie and bad words, potty mouth, bad words. And, you know, there's like, like anti-curriculum night song (laughs) and like some, some semi heavy topics, but um, yeah, yeah, the lies a lie. I think it was just the song kind of had a, uh, it's kind of got an eerie little vibe to it, which, Which you I know, liked. <laughs> lend, right, which I think lends lends well to a semi-serious topic like this. And uh, I don't know, it's it's cool being able to write songs about, you know, things that every kid does or dabbles with or experiments And sometimes with. grown-ups too. Right. True, true. Um, so you did mention Potty Mouth, so I got to hear a little bit about, about that one. That's a Danny song through yeah, and through. Yeah, Danny, That's, tell me everything. Danny, I don't think Danny even asked us to do anything on that song. Oh, I'm not. We're not supposed to say that I played bass on that song too. Oh, we're not. Yeah, right. No, 
Yeah. yeah nobody okay. did any. You sang a little we bit. We sang a lot on that song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, no, that song was initially, I w- initially wanted it to be like 25 seconds long, just like a little teeny interstitial. Is that what we mm-hmm. that's, a, that's the right word. Um, type of a song? But it built the little repetitive part at the end built out and it ended up being a bit longer. But yeah, it's just, uh, I like weird little songs. Like it reminds me of, um, I, I kind of wrote it that one with my, in, in the framework of some of those weird later beach boys songs that Brian Wilson would write. They were just like, Whoa, this guy's tripping out. Right. Why are you writing a song about a fire truck? Actually, that could be a kid's song. Yeah. If it wasn't about what it is about. I yeah. think. Uh-huh. With the beach boys. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah, that was just, uh, I mean that literally that song, that song has like two lines to it. So, that's one of my favorites, I have to say. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Okay, so then the one that I, I have to know more about, um, in addition to those two, and all of them, like this is a great a great record and a great sounding record, and it totally does have that the vibe that you all carry with you in terms of it rocking a little bit harder, which is a good thing. But the Battle of Curriculum Night, as a parent who's been to Curriculum Night, <laughs> I must hear. I must hear everything. I must feel validated. And I'm right. <laughs> right. not the only one. <laughs> well, it's interesting that um, that song is, I definitely think most of the lyrics in that song do apply to curriculum night. Um, but when I think back and I realized this at our CD release concert, I was given a little explanation of this song before we played it. And I, <clears throat> I realized that the inspiration of this song did not come from curriculum night. In fact, came from the school tour scenario like when parents go on the school tours like the year before Uh anyways we have um the kid the school that my children went to and that my wife currently works at um which i can see out my window right now it's right by our house um it it, years ago it had like the special the the advanced learning program thing going on there which some schools have um seattle schools have have kind of weeded it out at this point but anyways I was on the tour night. I volunteered to like lead tours for parents and they put me in charge of leading a tour for this. This program was called Spectrum and they put me in charge of leading a Spectrum tour. So I had to lead it for these Spectrum incoming Spectrum parents. Uh Oh, oh my. Okay. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Like they literally like walk in the door with a furrowed brow, you know, <laughs> like. They're already worried about their pre-kindergartners' exactly. uh, prospects. Yeah, that's exactly. tough. That's they, tough. They want they want to know about, you know, class sizes and what the what the kind of math is that this school will be teaching and things like that. And so, now I'm curious, Danny. Do you think you were a good ambassador for Spectrum? Sure. Well, yes and no. Like, <laughs> like I knew enough about it to answer most of the questions, but um, I, I say that because Danny has a pretty dry sense of humor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like, yeah, I, I get, I, I think that like, I would feel similarly if I had to give the tour and then I'm, I'm like, it's just like your values, I guess it, to put it yeah. like generally, like it, if your value is, you know, what, what, how rigorous is the math education for my pre-K kid? I'm going to like, right. you know, I'm, I'm not going to, it's going to like bristle. I'm just going to make me bristle. I think that I know that's okay. what, what you mean. Okay. Though in their defense, <laughs> in their defense. <laughs> You don't test into this until the first grade. So these kids have already been in kindergarten. They're now transferring to go into this program. I see. I see. Uh, so, okay. Okay. So we, now, they're, they're, they're 
kindergartner parents right, with exactly. furrowed brows. Right. Oh, a furrowed so brow kindergarten parent is a whole different furrowed right. brow. Because, because once you're going into first grade, we now know it's no longer about socializing your kid, right? Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. Right. See, there's the dry sense of humor. Right. There it is. So anyways, um, that was the impetus for, for writing that song. And then um, Tom, who is our lead guitar player, he's also a um at a neighboring school he teaches special ed so and he's like he's like the building captain for the um union you know teachers unions all this stuff which you know they're always threatening strikes around here because teachers are paid so poorly and Uh um so anyways you know the song starts out talking about budget cuts you know seem to be driving my parents (laughs) nuts and uh we get a we definitely get some good insight from tom as to you know how poorly schools are run and you know why class sizes are 33 children you know oh, per class and things man. like that so huh interesting well that it's it's i mean the whole record is great it's it's all it's all good and i love hearing that story and like there's always more there's always more going on in these songs than than maybe maybe we think and uh right to, to yeah get, there's always backstory yeah there's always backstory and i find that really really interesting and really really cool so i think we should say like a little bit about uh Kindependent, which you, I believe I said that right. I think that's yes. right. So yeah. that's like your crew of uh, sort of the Seattle area uh, performers for, for kids and families. And I think I've talked to all of you at this point. And so what do you, so I, and I guess like the question is, it's some of the best music around, right? Like Johnny Bragar is so good and Harmonica Pocket is so good and you guys are so good and Casper Baby Pants is so good. And I, th- I think I may be missing one or two, so apologies for that. But what do you think it is about the uh, the Pacific Northwest, like the Seattle area that that makes it such a, like a creative place for, you know, this, this type of music? Right, yeah, that, that's kind of back to the whole 90s, grunge explosion it's like why are there so many good bands coming out of seattle <laughs> because it's always rainy there and all they can do is sit in their basements and like <laughs> you know turn out a bunch of music yeah i was thinking it actually might go further back i was just watching a quincy jones documentary so good, oh yeah right and he's from here well he's originally from chicago but he moved here when he was a kid and went to garfield which is the uh, big high school um in the southern part of town and um, yeah, so I think it's just, yeah, it could be something to do with the rain. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's this sort of, I always call it a Petri dish. There's just the right, um, the right convergence of elements. I think people value music here. And, you know, we happen to have, <clears throat> like Danny said, a big boom, a music boom in the 90s that, you know, was the world was sort of following. And um yeah, it's not just Seattle proper, um, all of the areas around Seattle, that's probably why we have a career is we can go play in Kent and Bellevue and I could name about, you know, 15 right. other towns sure. around here that have budgets for, yeah. you know, music programming or summer concerts. Um, and I just think, you know, that speaks to the larger community in the greater Seattle area valuing the arts. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, a lot of other bands we know from other towns around the country, they, they're always complaining about the lack of, of show opportunities. And, you know, I guess if you're not playing shows and not honing your craft and not 
making money to put out new albums and publicize yourself, that's probably not helpful. And, and that does exist here. So that probably explains why there's all these bands that people know about and have heard about and you can get your records in people's hands, you know, easier than if we all lived in Oklahoma City or sure. what have you. But the weird thing is even uh, big cities like San Francisco um, or L.A., uh, people have uh, complained to us that there's mm -hmm. just not the same um, – I was going to say infrastructure, but that's not quite right. I think that works. Infrastructure. Yeah, it works. Yeah, there's, yeah, infrastructure. Go, I'll go with that. Um, kernel. Kernel of no. truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not the same kernel of infrastructure yeah, to, <laughs> to uh, make this work and to uh, perpetuate, you know, a band like ours or, you know, the other bands in the area. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, I mean, I'm 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 glad for the for the scene you all are in. Um, I think it's you know a good thing for everyone, and I think that there's a lot to learn from it too. I think there's like I know that there's a lot of support between you all, and and it's not so competitive, or at least that's what I will believe in my like fantasy land. But you I go think ahead, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no competition in the world of kindy music everyone's amazing and every, every, all bands are super great yep and whenever you see each other it's hugs and lollipops so that's what i'm going to continue to believe but um, we are we are very friendly i will say that and right. there might be a an element of friendly competition but we're all uh pretty supportive yeah. of each right. other it is great because if someone says can you play this show and you're like oh we can't we're busy that day try harmonica pocket or right. try casper yeah, yeah. So that's i think that's that that's what i that's what i sort of was, was getting at because i do know that you all pitch in for each other a lot which is a nice thing um so okay so the new record is great people got to hear it got to go back into the back catalog got to hear that got to check out those most rocking songs um you know i i think that uh Check out Velocity Girl too, right? Like, yeah, why not? Absolutely, why not? Um, and uh, find all the other stuff that you all are involved with. But so for the for the purposes of the not its, what are what's the best way to to keep up with you? Like, is there social media? Is there a website, etc.? Yeah, probably. I would say social media is where we, you know, do as much updates. You know, things like Facebook and do some Instagramming too. Um, we do send out a newsletter, which you can sign up for on our website. We tend to not be too aggressive with that because I know people don't like to get weekly emails from Kindy Rock, every Kindy Rock <laughs> band they've subscribed to. Uh, but if we have some important news, we definitely send out a newsletter. Um, but yeah. Great. Well, um, Sarah and Danny, which is weird for me to say because my sister's name is Sarah. My brother's name is Danny. But that, that is weird. That's just besides <laughs> the point. I just realized it. It has been really amazing to talk to you and hear the story and, and get the scoop behind the Nodits and, and what you guys are about. So thanks for taking the time with me. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's thanks been fun. Uh, if you've been a fan of the Good Stuff Kids podcast or if you've listened before, you know that sometimes I, I really... What do you mean sometimes? I always love to talk to musicians about the music that they make. And this was, a, this was an example of that. It was so cool to talk to Danny and Sarah about what they do and the music that they make and, and everything that is not its related. So here, with no further delay, is their new song, Battle of Curriculum Night, from the album Ready or Not by The Not It's. Give it a listen. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.
Stuff.